0: Love Radio. Yes, yes, y'all. You are now listening to the shofar blowing. The shofar is blown to inspire the people to do their thing. And the shofar is blown to coordinate a king or a queen. And today, the shofar is being blown to call us to be sovereign. In our sexuality. This is Fo Show Holistic Health on Blog Talk Radio, and I'm your host, Shofar, from Fo Show Energy Work, and my guest today is Dr. Saida Desiree. She has a PhD in transpersonal psychology. She has written and published a book called Desire, and she is an authority in the jade egg practice. And so I'm going to bring her on now. How are you doing today?
1: It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
0: For sure, for sure. Good to hear your voice. I know you've been trying for quite a bit here, so I appreciate your patience and and I'm glad we were able to to, to connect it today.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, good things come to those who wait. So, <laughs>
0: I'm looking present for the family out there uh, to, to to learn more about what you're doing and and your your thoughts.
1: Thank you. So, yeah, you know what you. I always.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. What I, what I always do is I like to, you know, at the end, give a space where you're able to tell people what else you have going on. But in the beginning, I'd like to just go ahead and jump in so that we can, because it's only 30 minutes. So uh, as far as that goes, I wanted to ask you first off, uh, daring your desire, daring your desire, what do you mean by that? What, what, what is meant when you say that?
1: Yeah, great question. So there's a few things. What is desire? And for me, desire is an actual force of nature. It's an emergent force. It's an evolutionary force. It's honest. uh, It's connected to what I call le raison d'être, why we're here. And so by listening deeply to the things that we ache for, I don't just mean chocolate or, you know, some fancy outfit. I mean, the things that if we didn't have or express in our life, we would be devastated in some way or another. So the deeper things, the things that have deep meaning to us, those are the things that I think we need to pay attention to, the true desires. However, once we identify our true desires, it's going to take a little bit of daring, first of all, to admit it to ourselves. Many of us don't want to admit the thing that we really long for. Then it's going to take some daring to bring it out into the world as something that either we speak or we act on, And it will take even more daring to continue to act on it until it's fully realized. The good news, though, is um, every single one of us comes from someone who dared. The daring descendants are the ones who made it. The ones who didn't dare didn't make it. So it's in our nature as human beings to have a calling, to have desire. It's also in our nature to dare. So that's where that comes from. It's an invitation to remember who we actually are and to taking the spirit of creativity and enthusiasm and really go forward with the genius that each of one of us has a very unique version of.
0: Wow. I love that. That's, uh, you know, uh, for those out there listening right now, and then again, those who are listening in the future now, uh, I, I feel like your breakdown of both the words daring and desire is very potent, um, uh, you know, uh, evolutionary force. And, I think that's yeah. very telling right now because right now we, hmm, we're we at a place, I feel, as, as, as human beings, we are in a place where not evolving, uh, we're at a crossroads. And a lot of the problems that we're running into, in my opinion, is because of us not evolving. Mm.
1: Um, yeah.
0: And I think that that's what you were talking about a little bit. Uh, so I want to hear your thoughts on the, the succulents. Uh, revolution.
1: Yeah, okay, good. So many, many, many years ago, when I first started this work, um, I started a few decades ago. And one thing I started to realize is if anyone dares to actually cultivate consciousness and sexuality as a practice, the change is massive, and we're not prepared for the change. A lot of people will dish out practices they don't prepare people for the transformation. And and because the world is still a little bit in uh, what I would say uh, an underdeveloped understanding of sexuality, then when anyone has a slightly higher development in it, we don't understand them. So what happens then is we're contending with being a different and new person, a more integrated person in a world that doesn't yet understand that. So succulence was something I... I look to for inspiration because these are desert plants that can survive and maintain their integrity, their uh, aliveness in the harshest of conditions. And what I was seeing is that life in general, the way it's set up, was kind of depleting people and drying them out and making them kind of shrivel up and get quite bitter by the time they were older. And I wasn't interested in that, especially, you know, a few decades ago. I was like, wow, I really want to you know, stay vital and healthy and expressed. So the succulent plant is where the word succulents came from. And the idea was... To practice enough where no matter what the environment, no matter what the conditions were or the judgments of other people or whatever was happening externally, it would not diminish or deplete my presence, my light, my energy, my being. Um, And a revolution because if every single individual took this on, it would be a silent revolution because it's something we do silently inwardly with ourselves but it would be a revolution because it's impossible for the world to stay the same. Once people start to become sexually literate and sexually sovereign.
0: Okay. I love that as far as, uh, you know, being able to keep our integrity even amongst uh, what, like you said, I I think very aptly that it's, it's currently kind of a desert state. Um, you talked on, you just mentioned the sexual sovereignty, uh, what 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 do you mean by being sexually sovereign
1: i'm so glad you asked (laughs) (laughs) so sovereignty in the past is a word that's referred to a king or a queen or a country but that's of the past and i firmly believe now that where we're at in our evolution as human beings is we're not meant to follow the leader anymore that each individual is leading and if each individual is leading and if each individual is really wanting to partake in the game of being an adult and participating and contributing, then it's crucial to understand that, first of all, we matter. Our voice matters. Even our story matters. We matter. Whether we make a choice or don't make a choice, we are impacting our environment around us. So when we understand those elements, then we start to understand, oh, Well, being sovereign means I have the capacity to think for myself, to feel for myself, to process things, to make good choices, to have self-awareness, to be attuned to my desires, to be attuned to my needs, and to choose to be responsible for them. So there's a freedom in sovereignty because, wow, you can kind of do Mm. whatever you choose. You can create however you want to create. And there's a responsibility in sovereignty so that you're no longer blaming mother, father, you know, people outside of you for the circumstances of your life. You look and you go, okay, here's what's going on. And you take a very co-creative stance with it. So that's the sovereignty piece. With sexuality, what I found was uh, because there's a lot of wounding um, on on the planetary level, there's, there's a lot of abuse, there's a lot of wounds, there's a lot of trauma. So sexual sovereignty is this idea that no person, no government body, no religious body, no one has the right to determine how you identify yourself, how you express and experience your sexuality. No one has the right to your sovereign space, which is your body. That is, you're born with that right. It's a human birthright. Um, And so I specifically wanted to use the word sexual because we often leave it out of the conversation and it is a crucial part of the human psyche, uh, the human being, and to ignore it is to um, kind of remove a little bit of dignity to the person. So sexual sovereignty is about that, and it's a movement to really encourage that every single person has the right to abide, to be in their body and make choices about their body.
0: I love that. I love that. I, I I love how the word sovereign has the word reign in it, and
1: mm-hmm. we get to
0: we get to reign over our own body, you know, and everything. Uh, I have an acronym that I like to use for sex: sensual, uh, uh, emotional exchange, and the central right. being the body, as you said, the the E being for the emotions, and the X being the X factor of our consciousness or awareness. And I feel like in each one of those, like you, you alluded to the body, and I think also emotionally and in our minds even, mm-hmm. you know, and we see that there's this uh, protrusion, uh, you know, overstepping of boundaries into all all of those facets of our being these days. So I love that you're talking about uh, sexual sovereignty and that, <clears throat> that there is a place that we should be able to reign uh, supreme. And that, that's and that's only yeah. in, our, in our own being, right? It's not imposing ourselves on anyone else, but yet not allowing anyone exactly. to do so to us either.
1: Exactly. And, and currently in the world, I mean, there's millions of human beings that are enslaved. The global rise of sex trafficking is on its highest it's ever been. And so those individuals and they, their rights, their human rights over, over their body, are, they don't exist. And so for those of us who have the freedom to exercise their sovereignty, we must do it. We must do it for them as well, because the more it becomes an embodied experience, the more we'll take a stand for it. And that's how we change policy. It's how we change how we behave in the world and and how we start to desire it for every single person. Now, that's not easy, because we love the idea that people treat us as a sovereign person. But sometimes we ourselves aren't willing to extend that to another person. So sovereignty also has a confronting aspect um, to it, which I think is good because then it invites uh, an emotional maturation process that actually needs to happen for anybody who's going to exercise um, sexual choice and sexual expression and embodiment.
0: Makes sense. Uh, the emotional uh, mat- uh, maturing, you know, uh, can you speak a little bit on that? I think that's a interesting concept, especially these days because – You know, one thing that I think we as human beings uh, fail to—and for the family out there that's listening for the first time—I say human beings instead of human. uh, That's my own way of decoding language, uh, just so that I'm not putting emphasis on just the masculine energy. Um, So that's just that's just something that I do. Um, But so as human beings, I feel like that emotional maturing is very important, Um, Dr. Desilay, because uh, right now I feel like there's a lot of emotional immaturity something i always like to point out is that animals um experience anger animals can do jealousy kids do those things um you know and that's not to say that there's anything wrong with those things but when we only stay in those those expressions or don't know how to evolve or to expand beyond them then i do think that's problematic when we're talking about a 30 40 or 50 year old now that still is the only way that we know how to show up is that way
1: yes well unfortunately where most of us get our education is to what we're surrounded by so community um, and that's including online community media etc so if you look at our examples there's very few examples of what does a mature emotional adult look like I, I mean I just I don't see it. I don't see it anywhere in the media. I don't see it anywhere in, in anyone who's you know, mostly famous, that kind of thing. People of influence, um, certainly not in leadership. It's very rare to see an emotionally mature uh, human being. Huh. So how do we then model ourselves? Because that's what uh, we do, right? We, we model ourselves um, off what we see and what we experience, especially if you know, we're raised by people who... They themselves were raised by others in sorts of this inherited immaturity, let's say. And so now we're in a really beautiful position where there are a lot of tools that we can use. First of all, the most important step is name what you're feeling. Just, just name it. Just admit to yourself, wow, I'm afraid right now, or I'm, I'm angry right now, or I'm feeling really sad. These, these things are, are, that's the first step. Just name it. Then the second step is to get curious about it. Why why is it there? What's happening? Um, maybe your anger is justified. Maybe you had a boundary that was stepped over or there was a lack of respect that happened. So your anger is alerting you to um, to an invitation to write the relationship with the circumstance or the person or the community, etc. It's not an invitation to just go into rage and destroy everything in your path. So we have to start to understand that we are not our emotions. They're like little neon road signs, and they're pointing to something. It's information. The other part that we get to do in terms of emotionally maturing is really feel what we're feeling. So few of us allow ourselves to feel what we're feeling, and so when we don't feel what we're feeling, then it kind of loops and it grows. But if you watch a small child, they will move through emotion very quickly. They go from happiness and anger and <laughs> they just move through it very quickly. And in the brain, it's just a chemical sequence. And so if you allow yourself to, for example, an exercise that I've, I've done, which is not easy, but I think it's worth trying next time you feel angry, for example, um, just to sit and really feel the anger. Don't move, don't yell don't scream all that cathartic stuff is okay but it's actually sometimes a way to avoid feeling which is kind of interesting so if you just sit in it and really feel it you'll not want to do it you'll, you'll want to move you want to hit something you want to scream and you just keep sitting and sitting and very very quickly it will move through your system it's a phenomenal exercise to try and the more you get familiar with your own emotions and allow yourself and give yourself permission to feel, you'll actually be the kind of person that becomes very safe for other people to move through their emotions because now you're not going to be triggered by somebody else's emotion because you understand what it is. So it's a very healthy way, and I think we need to model that for each other. And I also think we need to give ourselves a bit of slack. So if we mess up with somebody around an emotion, we let our emotions get out of control, for example, we can go back and say, can I do a redo on that? Because it's really not what I wanted. Here's what I actually wanted with this experience. That's the start of maturing uh, the emotional side of being a person. Yeah.
0: love that. I think that's a very powerful uh, practice uh, that you're you're mentioning there, is to to sit in it um, and to allow allow it to, to work its way through, uh, you know, I like to call it our awareness system, our A.K.A. nervous system, um, uh, to move through our awareness system in that way. I think that's very powerful what you're saying. I mm-hmm. um, hmm. uh, was going to ask you something on that. It skipped my mind now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know you had mentioned to your, your uh, about your story, you know, um, when we were talking earlier about all of us having, you know, all of us having our different stories and everything. And I know, uh, part of what I read about you is, uh, you know, fr- French Canadian farm girl, um, yeah. you know, and, and, your connection to nature. So how has that shaped your, 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 your sensuality or your connectedness to, to oneself to be able to sit in your anger? Uh, how, how has your story yeah. affected that?
1: Yeah. Uh, such a beautiful question. Thank you for asking. Um, so to me, sensuality is the way we make sense of reality. So we need sensuality, otherwise we wouldn't make sense of any of this stuff. So all that sensual input is coming in to give us information. And unfortunately, we live in a world that believes, it kind of hijacked sensuality, so ha- sensuality equates the act of sex almost. So we are afraid of sensuality, and then we want to switch it off. Uh, by switching off our sensuality, we actually become more susceptible to being hurt or abused or something happening because we're basically, essentially, uh, shutting off the inputs. So if we're very sensual and we're very connected to nature, we spend time and we're connected, we can sense and we can feel, you will be able to sense intention from very far away and make good choices for yourself. So for example, um, I'll tell a little story about myself. I was coming home from work one evening, and I always took the same path to go home. And that path was to sneak through the back alley to my house because it kind of cut short my my walk home. One night, I just got this super strong sense, and I wasn't even aware of the sense, but my body sensed it. And I walked the long way around to my home. And I didn't question it because I go, why am I doing this? But I'm like, okay. So I just went with it. And I found out a few hours later uh, with a frantic call from the woman I worked for. She worked for the police department. A woman of my description at the exact time that I would have walked down the back lane was um, murdered and raped and left in the dumpster. And so my uh, person that I work for thought wow. it was me. She panicked. She called me. So our sensuality, there's so many cases like this that have happened in my life. Really, it's not only hmm. just the pleasurable side of it, It's information that actually makes us much more functional. So that's what I learned from nature. I have spent a lot of time in Africa in like the big five where it's very dangerous, in a walk-in safari where there's no jeeps, there's no even tents. There's nothing. You're sleeping in the open with these predators. How do you stay safe? It's the sensual nature that attunes you to what's happening. And that for me has been profoundly informative in every area of my life actually.
0: Wow, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, if you have the big five around and everything, uh, uh, yeah. So you you want to be a little attuned and everything.
1: So yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. So, um, the thing with safety is interesting because a lot of us had our wires crossed when we were young. You know, a situation that should have been safe ended up not being safe, and so then as adults we feel safe in unsafe places and we feel unsafe in safe places so so it takes a little bit of work to uh, uncross those wires Um, and that's why the people that we hang out with become very important and finding good community uh, becomes very important because then we can help each other uncross those wires and really get those mirror neurons so when we're with somebody else the brain has these near neurons where we mirror each other and we learn and we grow. Um, I also like to call that limbic re imprinting, where um, my system, say, my system's healthy, it's vibrant, it's calm. I come in, in contact with someone who's maybe a little bit afraid or has something going on. Purely by being in my presence, if I remain calm and connected through the limbic system, they get a new imprint of what's possible and their system starts. To rewire and starts to calm down this is why i believe that every single one of us is a leader we're leading by the state of being that is dominant within us and that is why i'm an advocate for solo practice so deeply so because the more we take time to marinate in our essence to love and understand that we are feeling creatures to love and understand that we are sensual and sexual creatures and we take responsibility for this exquisite and messy experience called our human life, um, the more we do that, the more we actually contribute because our state of being shifts and becomes more and more integrated, and I call it more and more resonant as nature is resonant. And that resonance is profoundly healing and profoundly impactful. So uh, that's why I really love to encourage that we take care of ourselves and we uh, enjoy these beautiful aspects of being a human being.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow. Yes. And and it's, and it's fullness. Um, And I know on your website, you said that love is a calling, you know, uh, and I feel like that, that love calls us into being that that full expression. I I would love to hear your thoughts on that though, what what you meant or uh, expound on what, what love is a calling.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think when you have enough, enough time uh, being with yourself and love for me it, it translates to, to deep respect and when we start to experience this sense of profound respect for ourselves it's impossible not to then extend it outwardly to others and to life itself and to become concerned with those things so in a sense when we allow our hearts to relax and we spend some time Um, just appreciating our hearts and their sensitivities and and the wisdom that can be there and the conscience that is there uh, when we have that time appreciating that and relaxing into that and we experience this sense of profound respect which doesn't always happen right away this is very foreign to me for a while I really didn't like who I was and I was pretty convinced that I was an awful monster deep inside and there wasn't anything very lovable about me um, but as I took more time to really be with myself and practice solo cultivation of self-loving, then I did discover that deep respect, and, and that's what called me forward. You you start to be the thing that you desire, and then you start to recognize it in other people, and then you start to celebrate it, and you start to create something quite beautiful um, in your community and your environment. And, it's, it's, for me, it's not a surprise no matter where I go. It could be a grocery store. It doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter that we have the virus right now and there's masks. Anyone who interacts with me at some point will feel seen, will feel appreciated, will feel respected, and it has nothing to do with anything of how we look on like on the outside. It's heart-to-heart connection. And so that's what I was meaning by that.
0: Wow. Love it. Love it, family. For those of you listening, uh, think, go back and and really respect. Uh, so uh, Osho says that the word respect comes from uh, the roots of uh, to relook. So, yeah. um To relook, to to respectacle, to to uh, to relook at what was just said um, and sit with that. Allow that to go through your awareness system and then you know i love what you were saying that love is love itself is a deep respect because it, it does allow us to to relook at ourselves or others with another level of appreciation mm-hmm. and for those of you who have listened before you know that that's something that i always said that there's always another level of appreciation we can go to always is is inf- infinite um, you know, time flies when it's gems and it's a beautiful heart-to-heart connection and you're sharing with the family and giving us some some things that can help us to blossom more into our own fullness. So the time is going by very quickly. I I got through probably not even half of the questions I have for you. That's 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 a good thing, though. <laughs> um, so hopefully if you're open to it, then we can do a part two or something on Instagram or whatever. But I want to make that sure there will be some – Okay. Okay. Uh, I want to leave some time for you to be able to tell the family, uh, you know, the other things that you have going on and maybe one last gem that you want to leave us with. So the the floor is yours.
1: Thank you so much. First of all, just deep appreciation to you and and what you're holding for everyone in your community. It's um, very, very beautiful. Uh, Deep appreciation for the listener for daring to show up, daring to be human and do the best that you can moment to moment. It's, it's not easy, but I, I appreciate that you're daring to do that. And for um, what I'm doing right now, probably the thing that's most fun is a, an app called Kama. And if you look in the Apple App Store, the Kama app is under Kama uh, Sexual Wellness Mindfulness. And it's basically making pleasure a practice. And we use uh, all the latest and greatest uh, neuroscience, trauma therapy, sexual practice, um, emotional practice, sound, voice practice. It's amazing combination of a lot of in- intelligence and wisdom. And so I invite you to check that out, Come up. And then to finish the day together, I just want to take three big breaths to our hearts and just really acknowledge uh, the nourishment that we get from breathing together. (sighs) Wishing you all a very beautiful day or evening. Thank you so much for having me here.
0: I say thank you um uh yeah, definitely was a pleasure uh got again thankful for the time we got a chance to connect there that was that was very powerful a lot of gems uh you know, and it's up for each one of us to to integrate it or you know and everything but thank thank you again to you and for family, those of you listening right now, I see you online and then those of you that it would be listening what we call the future the future now. I appreciate you, and um, much love to to you all. Uh, Keep shining, keep climbing. Again, this is Faux Show Holistic Health on Blog Talk Radio, and I'm your host, Shofar, from Faux Show Energy Work. Uh, Keep that S-E-X in your life. Keep shining, keep evolving, and do so exponentially. Peace.